0: Hebrews chapter 11, I want to talk to you tonight about faith. Faith that leads us to victory. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 30 through verse 40. Notice what the Hebrews writer says. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. And what more shall I say? But the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens, women received their death, dead raised to life again others were tortured not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection still others had trial of mockings and scourgings yes and of chains and imprisonment they were stoned they were sawn in two were tempted were slain with a sword they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins being destitute afflicted and tormented of whom the world was not worthy They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth and all these having obtained a good testimony through faith did not receive the promise God having provided something better for us that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Now I was very tempted to just break out these verses over the next few Sunday nights and and just talk about each one of these instances I mean, we could talk about Joshua, we could talk about Rahab, we could talk about Gideon, we could talk about Barak, we could talk about Samson. I mean, do you see there's a much longer sermon series here? We could take Hebrews 11 into the next three to four months and just talk about individual cases of faith. But somehow here, I think the writer of Hebrews has has really brought them all together. It's kind of like he's... he's, um, made his argument, and now he is ready to close his argument about how faith is the only way to please God. And here he demonstrates through all of these individuals, through these heroes of faith, that trust is what leads you to victory. I see a theme in these verses, a theme of victory, a theme of vindication, a theme of God working in individuals' lives. Look in verse 30, for example. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. It says, by faith, the walls of Jericho. By Joshua and the children of Israel, as they were moving into the promised land, into Canaan, after 40 years of, of wandering, getting ready to take of this city, it was by faith that they achieved a victory at Jericho. By faith. I mean, that's basically all you see activated there at jericho you you remember the plan i mean it had been 40 years since the the parting of the red sea 40 years the people had wondered a generation had passed they had sent spies into the land to see if they could take the land and 10 out of 12 had come back and had said no way we can't do this two said let's go but ten said no, and because of that, they failed to cross over and take what God wanted them to take. So they wandered, and they wondered forty years. But now it was time to go in and to take the land. And the and the people are gonna the people are gonna come and they're gonna launch a military conquest. But really, Jericho is not achieved by military victory, is it? I mean, look at General Joshua. General Joshua brings the people together, this ragtag group of slaves. Yes, they had been hardened some by the wilderness and trained, but they were still at most a ragtag bunch of slaves who had been out in the wilderness for these 40 years. And here they're coming to somehow defeat the city of Jericho. Jericho, a very impressive city at the time, a wall that was around it like many other cities of the day, a wall that would protect the city of Jericho. Some people estimate that the walls themselves were large enough, wide enough that two chariots could ride on top of the wall. How impressive must it have been when the nation of Israel comes to the door of Jericho and they see this significant site and they see this significant city. General Joshua comes to them and do you remember his military strategy? Anybody would buy into this, right? He says to them, what we're going to do to win the city is we're going to march around it one time each day for six days. On the seventh day, we're going to march around seven times. We're going to blow our horns. We're going to shout, and we're going to win this battle. Sounds like a winning strategy to me, right? Many of you would, I mean, you're in, you're in. Here you are, you know the rich heritage of Israel. You're thinking this is the promised land. You've got to go in and you've got to take it. And your general just said that all you've got to do is walk around, blow trumpets, and shout, and you'll win the victory. Most of us would be calling for a recall election, right? Let, let's go ahead and move this general out. Let's move this pastor. I mean that... Victory would be achieved through walking around, blowing trumpets, and shouting. It's amazing to me that when you read the story, no complaints, complaints are recorded. Not one. Or at least recorded for us. It says that they go out. They go out, walk around that city for, for six days. And you can imagine the ridicule that they must have faced. I mean, the people of Jericho, those on the walls must have certainly shouted out at them. Certainly must have uh, degraded their God. When you read the story, it really gives you that impression. And yet they continue to do it for six days. Seventh day, they walk around seven times. They blow their trumpets. They shout. And what happens? The walls come tumbling down. Victory. Victory. Again, there will be those days when they'll have to go in in a military strategy and defeat cities and towns. But not this this city. Because God sets the stage here with this great victory. He demonstrates that he is the one that is leading them to victory. And they had to have faith in it. I mean, this was a faith expedition. This was a faith journey. This was a faith moment that I'm going to believe you, God. It does not sound like it will work in any way. I mean, come on. This doesn't seem like it will work. But God, if that's what you said, we believe you. We trust you. And because of that faith and because of that trust, The walls came tumbling down, and victory was achieved. It says, by faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. You remember Rahab. You remember the hospitality she gives to the spies as they come into Jericho. Do you remember how she hides them, how she helps them to escape? Because Rahab says something very indicative of her faith and her trust. She says. I know. I know that you serve the God of God's God of all gods. I know. That's what she says. She says. I know that your God's the real. God. That's really what she says. If you look at the, the, the narrative, she says, I know that you're serving the real God. I believe in him and I want to protect you. And God brings protection because of her faith and her trust. Now, this is. I think uh, so significant for us as we look at this because Rahab is a prostitute. Rahab is not only a prostitute, but she's a Canaanite, which means she's a Gentile. She's outside the nation of Israel. But notice faith and trust unlocks the victory that one can have in God. And she's protected. And God extends to her grace because grace is extended to all who will come in faith and trust. So you have Joshua, the general, you have Rahab. Verse 32, it says, and what more shall I say? I mean, we've looked at this chapter now for um, about two and a half, three months, something like that. Yes, you wrote it down each one. You got me recorded, don't you? So that if I ever preach this passage again, some of you will say, Oh, you preached that on. We've moved through it. It's taken us some time to talk about everyone. And it's like the writer of Hebrews now comes to this and says, You know what? I could continue on and I could continue on. I could, I could keep writing chapter after chapter. I could give preachers sermon series for, for the rest of their ministries. But notice, for the time would fail me though, he says. I don't have enough time to write and to tell you all about the stories of faith, faith of people like Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel and the prophets, not listed in a chronological order, but listed to remind you of their victories. Gideon story says that he is the wimp that God chooses I'll preach about it one day, but it literally, he is found uh, hiding in a wine press. He is hiding. He is hiding because he's afraid of what might be going on outside. He's a wimp and God chooses him. God says, I'm going to use you. And you remember this one that he uses. He, he brings these different people together, 32,000. And then God keeps whittling it down, 32,000 to 10,000 to 300, 300 individuals he's going to take into battle. And again, if you look at that military strategy, coming down out of the mountains with a pitcher and torches and all, I mean, who in the world would have believed victory would have been achieved? But God brings the victory because of the faith of Gideon. Barak who was, del- who was delivered from Jabin, the Canaanite king, Sisera, the, the commander, the army, 10,000 men, 10,000 men that Barak took from two tribes, just a small portion of Israel, he took against this formidable foe. God brought victory. God brought victory through The faith of Barak. Samson. Now there's a story for you, right? Probably one of those judges we might not have mentioned in our Hall of Fame because of all of his weaknesses. And certainly Samson had weaknesses. But think of how God used him. How God uh, worked within him to defeat the Philistines. Remember the jawbone of a donkey? How many were defeated? How many men were killed, that is? A thousand or so that were killed. What a tremendous victory. Even in death, Samson, as he stood between the pillars, as he pushed them apart, victory. Jephthah. Which is only mentioned, he's only mentioned very briefly in the book of Judges, who was an individual that subdued the Ammonites, but an individual that made a hasty and foolish vow. But Jephthah, overall, still victorious. Oh, let me stop and say this I am thankful that real people with real faith can be victorious. When I say real people, because while we talk of the faith of these individuals, people like Samson and Jephthah and was we'll see in David, we know they weren't perfect. They were anything but but perfect. They were human, just like all of us, prone to the temptations of this world. But through their consistent faith and trust, God brought victory. Well, how about that, David? David and Samuel. David, who saw victory after victory, who really under his leadership achieved such a victory for the nation of Israel that Solomon had a reign of peace and prosperity, really goes back to David and how David achieved victory after victory. Samuel, the last of the judges, the first of the prophets. And then again. These individuals who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, Daniel, quenched the fire of violence of fire, who? Come on, people, you know the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Ask people like Elijah who ministered to the widow at Zarephath or Elisha with a Shunammite widow who saw victory and resurrection. These individuals, others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a a better resurrection. Still others had trials of mockings and scourgings. Ask people like Jeremiah the prophet. Yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two, a reference to the tradition of Isaiah because according to tradition, Isaiah was, was sawn in two by the king Manasseh. They were tempted, were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. All of these individuals, again, achieved great victory. It doesn't mean that they did it without suffering, does it? But they achieved victory. Why? Because they believed. They kept going. They had faith. They wouldn't give up. They believed that God had something better and that God had called them. They kept going. Whatever predicament they found themselves in, they found faith. Daniel Chapter 3, the three Hebrew children probably say it to us best. As they looked at King Nebuchadnezzar, they said, If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, but if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Did you hear that? I mean, that's really faith. Faith is knowing that God can deliver you from the fiery furnace. But faith is also the one that says he will deliver you one way or the other. Because notice what he said. They said, if God decides not to deliver us from the furnace itself in the ways that we think he can or that he will, just know we're still not going to serve your gods. Because look, whether they were... Delivered right out of the furnace by this miracle or if they gave their lives in the furnace. God achieved the victory and they achieved the victory. That's faith, isn't it? Faith is saying, even if I have to suffer and if I have to go through things here on this earth, I will still serve him. Whatever it is. He says, our world was not even worthy of such testimonies. And all these, verse 39 of Hebrews 11, and all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. In other words, they had not seen the culmination of the kingdom. Hey, these, they had not even seen the coming of Christ. They knew that he was coming. They had known the promises. They had heard about it. And they kept serving. They kept doing what God wanted them to do. But they did not even see Christ himself and his coming. But they believed. And they kept going. Let me say to you. We have seen the initial coming of Christ. Christ. He has come to this earth. He was born in a manger, lived a sinless life, died on the cross for us, rose the third day. We have seen the sacrifice. We've had it applied in our lives. How much more should we demonstrate faith today because of what Christ Jesus has done? And even as we look towards something that is better. Because notice in verse 40, it says, God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. It's almost like the writer of Hebrews says, we have experienced the life and the work of Christ Jesus. The whole theme of the, whole theme of the book of Hebrews is the superiority of Christ over everything, over Judaism, over all practices that, that had been instituted before, that Christ was far superior. And there were those that were thinking about going back into Judaism and legalism, and they're, really, that's what the writer of Hebrews addresses. And here he says, how much more should we demonstrate faith? Because their story was not complete without us, he says and complete without the story of Christ. They were they were moving toward the kingdom. They were doing all they could. They were faithful to God's purpose and his will. But they would have been incomplete without Christ Jesus. Now they have now we've experienced him. We've experienced his kingdom. And for us today, the only way for you and myself to ever achieve victory Is through faith in that Christ. One way or the other. It's the only way. May I say this. Ultimate victory is coming one day. We can experience victory now. I wish there would be moments when we even demonstrated ourselves as victors. And not as the defeated. Sometimes it looks like in this world that the culture is is really gaining and that the church is falling back. Let me say this to you. As long as my God is on the throne, which it will be for all of eternity, victory is on my side and victory is on yours. You've read the end of the book. We are victors in Christ. So have faith. Trust him. Keep going. Don't give up because faith is where the victory is found.